lot smaller. We've all been connected from the dawn of the radio to the golden age of television. From Silicon Valley to the internet and beyond. A shared photo, a viral video, a thought for the whole world to read in the span of 140 characters. Entertainment has evolved. Mediums have changed, but the one thing that's remained the same, the one constant, the one universal similarity, is us. Me. You. Us here. The human connection. The feeling you get when you're surrounded by a sea of strangers, but somehow you feel like you know them all. It's that instant you realize you have something in common. That moment, that emotion, that split second when you say, man, that was awesome. Decades ago, the world saw the irresistible force meet the immovable object. And millions overcame the impossible as one. We saw a boyhood dream become reality. And together, we cried tears of joy. We saw the passing of the torch as one generation christened the next. And that generation created a once-in-a-lifetime event. All these things, these indelible moments, these benchmarks that shape our history at their core do one thing. They connect us. Tonight, these men these women, these athletes, these larger-than-life superstars will take the biggest stage in live entertainment and once again, inspire us, move us, shape us. They will connect us. Tonight, the world will be watching. This is WrestleMania. <laughs> getting, 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 you're getting, 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 you're. Hey everybody, welcome back to Review of Mania, the podcast where we review every WrestleMania for some reason. With me as always, Zach. Hey yo. And under the weather, Zach. And yes. a cat. Apparently my cat now just wants to join. Oh, I was gonna say, I, I do not have a cat, so I didn't know where this cat was coming from. No, he is uh like, oh, you're doing something? Oh, let me meow and rub on your microphone and, you know, be a nuisance. Well, you do have the fancy of the mic, the fancier of the microphones. I do. <laughs> the Sure SMB brings all the cats to the yard. <laughs> Doesn't it, buddy? It sure does. All right. In this episode, we are reviewing WrestleMania 31. Ooh. From Santa 2015, it was March 29th, 2015, Santa Clara, California, at Levi Stadium, which I think is now SoFi Stadium. I think so. Where the 49ers play. I don't know anything about sports. Ugh, for shame. Not even sports anime? 
Well, sports anime I do know quite a bit about. I'm a big fan of Hajime no Ippo, but... I am so happy. I just got the third third season, or the third uh, volume on Blu-ray. So I finally have the entire first season. Well, that's cool. I didn't realize they were re-releasing it, so that's probably something I'm going to have to put on like a Christmas list or something. They're, they're on sale right now on Blue, at Bright Stuff. 35 bucks a pop. Uh, that's... A bit pricey. A little rich. That's a bit rich for my blood. But 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 the, the original DVD release was like hundreds of dollars. I mean that's that's very true because they released it three episodes a time on like, DVD. Yeah, and it was seventy. For people who don't know or care, but you're gonna learn anyway. Seventy six episodes in one season, which is and... huge for an anime. A normal anime uh, yeah. show is 12 or maybe 24. Very seldomly yeah. do you see above 24 unless it's broken into multiple seasons or something like that. Or it's a big shonen show like One Piece or Naruto. Or the seasons, or... the show never ends. It'll just forever be going on. Or Bleach. That Bleach ended. Bleach did end, although they're they are going back and ad- doing an adaptation of the stuff that they didn't do the first time. Oh, well, there you go. Today I learned. Yes. But uh, yeah. So I mean, in sports, they don't power up. You don't see the quarterback being like yelling. He yells plays, but he doesn't yell like you know like we don't get shot of him in his head. Like, oh man. The D-line has been very tough today. I need to hit my receiver for a touchdown. Listen, the only football that I want to watch is Ice Shield 21. And, <laughs> and, and if real football is not like Ice Shield 21, I want no part of it. I want to see, like, you know when Jeff Hardy uh, had his inner monologues in TNA? Yes. I want to see that in, like, Cam Newton. Like, oh, man, I've come back to my old team. I must play good. Otherwise... I will be homeless and jobless again. I guess this means that eventually we'll have to watch Kanikuman on this show. <laughs> what is that? Uh, it was uh, released over in the United States as Ultimate Muscle. Oh, okay. But that is where uh, Samoa Joe got his uh, finishing the maneuver buster. from. Yes, it is a modified version of the Kaniku Buster, which ah. is from the show. Yes. I mean, we could also watch uh, Wanna Be the Strongest. And there was also a Tiger Mask anime where Charlotte Flair was an anime adaptation, and so was Becky Lynch. I mean, I'm I'm all for doing and a, a, the various... And a female Vince McMahon. I mean, I'm all for doing the um, various Tiger Mask ad- adaptations. Apparently, Tiger Mask 2 was very, very good uh, because... He had a car that transformed itself into a tiger mobile, which is just a car turning into a different type of car. Yeah. But, um, I know what one to be the strongest is, and I am not going to watch that. Thank you very much. <laughs> All those, uh, I mean, maybe it's Brock Lesnar's favorite anime. They do a lot of bridging German suplexes. He doesn't bridge. Okay, Kurt Angle, then. That's true. Or, or or Chris Benoit. No, it's not Chris Benoit's favorite anime. You don't know that. 
Um, <laughs> maybe, I think maybe, it came out well after he I, died. <laughs> maybe they have it in hell. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they do. It's on repeat. Like, no! <laughs> maybe uh, the mockery out of, out of my sport. All right, moving <laughs> moving on. WrestleMania 31. So, I realized as I was watching this and they went to the Hall of Fame segment and Ultimate Warrior came up and I was like, "Oh shit. We completely forgot." So, obviously it's been uh 7 years since the passing or more now, since uh, seven years since the passing of Ultimate Warrior, but uh, or no, it would have been. It would have been seven years this past year. Yeah, I said Ultimate Warrior, but he didn't show up. I think he was put in there posthumously. No, he no, didn't. He, no, no, he didn't. He got. So what it was was he got inducted. He came out on Raw, did this really weird speech where he was talking about the heart beats its last beat, blah 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 blah, and then he died the next day. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was 2014. Okay, weird. Why the fuck did I ever do an Ultimate Warrior then? I'm an idiot. Um, either way, yeah. Uh, literally Tuesday, he had a heart attack walking to his car after getting off the airplane. To go back home. Couldn't have happened to a better person. No, he was a saint. No, he's um, he's a he's a horrific human being who has spread a lot of misinformation and lies and hate. And honestly, like, yes, the WWE glorifies him. Yes, there's a award named after him that his second wife. Yeah, really heads up and all this other stuff, but like... I also think the award is bullshit, though, because the award, for once this man was saying, hey, why don't you think about the people who help make the show better, who make this show? The producers, the cameramen, the, 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 you know, the unsung heroes, the people behind the curtain that you never fucking see. But without them, the show doesn't happen. And the WWE right. took that and was like, no, and let's make it into a PR thing. Let's make it into our own version of, like, I think ESPN has sports awards, and they always yeah. like pick pick one person who's like, yeah, does a whole bunch of outreach, and so they do that too. I mean, sometimes the Warrior Award goes to somebody who I think probably like is like deserves it. Like, I think this first year wasn't it Connor? Yeah, it was it Connor was, the Crusher. Yeah, he yeah. had. Uh, I think he had like leukemia cancer. or something, or cancer. Yeah, yeah, some kind of some kind of terrible form of disease, and sadly passed away um, after WrestleMania 30 sometime. Like between that and then, I think that's you know, like I think him going into the Hall of Fame, you know, that's that's cool, and they've they've done it a couple times where it's like somebody who's like, you know not a bad person like Titus O'Neil mm -hmm. has won the the Warrior Award and like from all accounts Titus O'Neil is like a, 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 a great guy is a, is a great guy but like he it has this name attached to it that honestly it's like no what you're missing is it's self-serving to the WWE 
well, yes, it is self-serving to the WWE and the the person it, the, that the award is named after is also a, a self-serving uh, jackass who made everything about him. Yes. And, you know, has just said a whole bunch of really racist, homophobic things. And as a person who is part of some of the communities that he hated, I can say uh, I don't miss him at all. No, That's I all. completely understand. I mean, if he would have said shit like he did about those communities, if he was saying something about, I'm legally blind, if he said, oh, those blind fuckers, they live on I mean, social he probably, security, he probably did. Yeah, he probably but, did. You know, he's going to get a lot more attention for gay bashing than blind bashing. I mean, yeah, he's also, he also, like, said that the city of Louisiana deserved Hurricane Katrina and all sorts of other things. So, like, yeah, no, like, Warrior is and has always been a monster. Like, yes, he didn't kill anybody or anything along those lines, but he's probably one of the worst people that the WWE has ever promoted. I can probably say that and be Oh yeah. No, it. and it's bullshit how after the fact they're like whitewashing everything. Right, exactly. And you know, they've done the same thing with other people who have done terrible things. They're doing the yeah, same thing. Hulk with Hogan. Hogan Hogan right now, they're I'm sure if you give it like Another two years, Jimmy Snuka. They're going to. Oh, try there to he do did, something. Jimmy Snuka. They did. They did it right after he died. Right, and you know, uh, like it seems like the only person who they will not bring, like who has done something so bad that they can never ever forgive, is Chris Benoit, because you know they still promote the British Bulldogs mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. So like, yeah, I know they're, it's not a great company. We know this, but still. Yep. Yep. All right. WrestleMania 31. Uh, so you watched the pre-show. I did not. My my version didn't have the pre-show and I didn't even think about it. Well, and then I went back and looked at the results and was like, Oh shit. This is the Battle Royal with Mizdow and and The Miz. Who was Damien Mizdow? Damien Mizdow was Damien Sandow, and then originally he was Aaron Stevens or Idol Stevens or whatever. Yep, Idol. Um, He was this guy who was posed for greatness, but then due to politics did not end up going anywhere. Um, this was probably his I, best gimmick outside of the the genius gimmick they gave him. Yeah, I mean, like, he was... A, he, essentially, when he came out, when he first... Like, he was in the WWE, like, in the mid-2000s. He didn't really go anywhere. He did have a tag team title run during that time. But, like, he was released, and then he worked his way back. And when he first came out, he was essentially... Um, Lanny Poffo's character yep. from the 80s, except taken much more seriously. And he had this really cool tag team with uh, Cody Rhodes called the Rhodes Scholars, which I think is a really funny name. And then they feuded over uh, that that team ended up breaking up and um, Damian Sandow won Money in the Bank. And when he won Money in the Bank, he 
was posed to win, I think, the World Heavyweight Champion, because at this time there's two Money in the Bank briefcases per year, um, I think. Or maybe yep. the only one, because they've combined the belts. I'm not sure. There's still, um, still two even today. Well, yes, but one's for men and one's for women. When, well, and they've got SmackDown and Raw now. Oh, do they? Okay. I haven't well, you, watched but the they can, Yeah, it's been a while, too, but from my understanding, they can pick which show they want to go after. But yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but he ended up trying to cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase on John Cena. John Cena was hurt at the time and still beat Mizdow very easily. And then he just went down the card and he ended up becoming a stunt double for the Miz. And so what this consisted of is whenever Miz did something in the ring, uh, Mizdow, as he's now called, would do it outside of the ring. So, like, if he was uh, chopping somebody, uh, I mean, Mizdow would just chop the air. Or if Miz did the figure four leg lock, Mizdow would do the figure four leg lock to an imaginary opponent on the outside, and it was really funny, and it was getting over. Um, and that's kind of the story of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal this year, because they had their big breakup on this match where Mizdow threw the Miz out and then he was posed to win, but uh, Big Show won instead. Yes, the, and I guess, the overall gimmick of that Battle Royal was the Big Show has done everything except win a Battle Royal. And, and you know, to be fair, uh, if you were going to go, well, okay, WWE is doing an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Who would win this? His son. The, yeah, the Big Show makes the most sense, at least to win one of the first two. So I'm like, I'm not like angry about it, but they were also always playing this up as, well, this is an opportunity for a uh, up and coming star to win something and then boost their career. And the Big Show at this point is not an up and coming star at all. Um, also, we should we should also mention that last year's winner was in on in on the match prior to this one. Uh, Cesaro had formed a tag team with Tyson Kidd, and he was uh, tag team champion at the time, and they retained. So, tag team titles. You get that out of an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal win. I guess that's pretty cool. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, the the battle royal is a battle royal. Um, it doesn't really, um, it it doesn't. Besides the Miz and Mizdow stuff, not a whole lot is really worth mentioning. Except that Hideo Tommy, aka Kenta, was in this match as well. Um, he had won a battle royal because he was in NXT, and he had won a battle royal to appear on this in this battle royal. Oh yeah, Hideo Itami, yeah. I remember this and being super excited because they made this big deal about Hideo Itami signing with the WWE and then he got hurt and then, yeah. Yeah, this was this was back when he was still a big deal because this was prior to when he got hurt, but like just barely. Because I was watching NXT like on a weekly basis at this point. This is right before um, Kevin Owens gets signed. So... Gotcha. Yeah, I remember being being all excited for 
what he would do, and then he just turned into a fucking ragdoll for Big Show. Well, it's the Big Show. Sorry, bad joke. All right. So, LL Cool J gives us a technology history lesson, and the one thing that's remained the same is us. We then see famous clips of WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania play button. Yes, because uh, Vince McMahon does not believe in uh, numbers. Numbers anymore. do not exist anymore. Because it makes WrestleMania seem old. You know. All right. Nothing that Vince McMahon does is old. <laughs> First match: All right. Intercontinental Championship ladder match. Daniel Bryan versus Wade Barrett versus Dolph Ziggler versus uh, Stardust versus Luke Harper versus R Truth versus Dean Ambrose. All right, so Wade Barrett is your champion. Uh, bad news, Barrett. It it's a different character. He's not Wade anymore. Well, I wrote Wade, so suck it. (laughs) Because he has some bad news for you. Bad news. All right, who's Stardust? Ah, some guy. He's going to be a nobody, probably. Cody Rhodes is Mr. Stardust. Yes, um... So, Cody Rhodes in the past year has kind of gone insane. He feuded with his brother Goldust and won some tag team championships, but also lost them and then said that Cody Rhodes is dead. So he became Stardust, which is actually a reference to one of the names that Dusty had at one point. They called him Stardust <laughs> back in the Territory days. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's... There you go. That's all. Yeah. So R-Truth has a fear of heights. And as soon as Ambrose gets in, the bell rings. The crowd is super oh, hot. Oh, did you on. watch any of the lead-up to this match? I did not. Okay. So, the the only thing that you have to be aware of in this match is that um, while Bad News Barrett is the champion, uh, his title belt has been stolen by just about everybody in this match, except, I think, Daniel Bryan at some point. They were just doing hot potato with the title, not actually changing hands. They were just stealing it during matches and then running around. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Weird. The crowd is super hot for Daniel Bryan's entrance because, of course, they are. Well, we should probably talk about. Also, we should probably talk yeah. about Daniel Bryan's. How did he end up from, you know, having probably the greatest WrestleMania moment ever, to now curtain jerking for the IC title? Well, this is his first match back, I think, or one of them, because he got injured um, shortly after WrestleMania last year. Yeah, uh, they, f- was- yeah and they put him against Kane. Yeah, they were. He was feuding with Kane, which, like, at once, stepped down from Randy Orton, Batista, but also makes sense if you think about it because of the Team Hell No mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, he was like tombstone pile driving Daniel Bryan like all over the place, and his shoulder injury, which we mentioned a couple of different times during. Uh, the show last was an actual real neck and shoulder injury and he ended up being gone for like 11 months 
it was a long time, and then he came back. I was like, well, the only thing that I haven't done in this place is win the IC title, so I'm going to do that. So that's why he's curtain jerking, as we say. There you go. So uh, the crowd is super hot for Dan Brown's entrance, like I said. R-Truth hits a senton over the top rope to everyone and ends up on the outside. Harper hits a suicide dive, which was crazy. Uh, Dean then climbs a ladder, hits an elbow drop, all up Macho Man, who went into the, ra- the Hall of Fame posthumously the night before. Finally. Yeah, it took him dying. Well, no, he had been dead for a few years at this point. He died back in 2012. Oh, you're right. I don't know why I was thinking it was 2014. No, he had died like several years previously. Yep. And uh, his brother Lanny finally allowed him to be um, inducted. I think there was some holdup because Lanny also wanted to be in. At, at the same time, I think there was something going on with that. And Vince is like, no, no one knows who you are. <laughs> he's like, but he's like, I'm the genius. And everybody, and Vince is like, who? Exactly. That's dead. That's Sandow. Archer is in the ring. He sets up a ladder and starts to climb. But Wade Barrett quickly takes him down and beats him with a ladder for good measure. Harper is hung upside down on the ladder and hit with several yes kicks. A fun spot by Ziggler, Daniel Bryan, and Wade Barrett. Stardust pulls uh, out his own ladder, which is full of glitter, but Wade Barrett breaks it apart and starts beating the hell out of Stardust with it. <laughs> with the foot of the ladder. <laughs> yes. And I'm, I'm trying to remember if Stardust was, if this was the WrestleMania that Stardust was dressed up as um, Mr. Sinister. I couldn't tell you because I don't know who that is. Uh, he's an X Men character. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I don't think let's... so. I think that was the Big Show one. Uh, it doesn't look like he was doing that yet. There was there was one WrestleMania, um, where Stardust. It was specifically Stardust dressed up as Mister Sinister. And he was in a ladder match oh. for the IC title. Huh, okay. But it wasn't this one. Gotcha. Ambrose and Harper throw ladders at each other and then brawl, but it's broken up by Ziggler. R-Truth finds a huge ladder, and Barrett stops R-Truth, and Stardust climbs the ladder, and Wade Barrett climbs the other side of the la- huge ladder, and then do a superplex off of it. And it takes him out of the match for the time being. Ambrose knocks over Daniel Bryan and Ziggler. Harper is taken down with a wacky clothesline as Ambrose gets near the top. Uh, near the top, but Luke Harper power bombs Dean Ambrose over the top rope and through several ladders to the outside. That looked like it hurt like, like hell. Yes, and I was like, Dean Ambrose is doing his CZW shtick right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, like. I haven't done the Tournament of Death in a couple of years. I can do a big bump. Yes. Ziggler gets a sleeper hold on... on uh, I wrote Raper. <laughs> R-A-P-E-R. <laughs> Rapper. I think Harper? Ziggler yeah. did the zigzag on Harper. Yes. <laughs> Poor Brody uh, Lee. As Harper... <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't besmirch Ramoni Lee. As Harper climbs to the top of the ladder, Harper then start, uh, starts to fade as Harper jumps off, smushing Ziggler. Barrett hits several bullhammer clotheslines. R-Truth climbs the ladder, and Barrett is about to get the title, but Brian stops him. Brian almost gets the title, but others swarm the ladder. Daniel Bryan hits the running knee. The crowd is going nuts, chanting yes. Bryan climbs the top of the ladder, but Ziggler runs up and they fight at the top of the ladder as the crowd is chanting yes. They start headbutting each other over and over and over again. Finally, Ziggler is knocked off the top of the ladder and is able to get the IC title to become the new Intercontinental Champion at 1349. Alright. So, this is a great match. It's fun to watch. The ending sequence makes me insane. Where Dolph and Brian are headbutting each other because it's like you just came back from a head and neck injury and you're headbutting each other. And you're not doing like the fake headbutts where you headbutt your your uh, thumbs. You're actually headbutting each other. Yeah. This is stupid. I agree. And um, we and we should note that, like, only two months after this, Daniel Bryan has to give up the IC title again and go back on the shelf. And this time, he's in retirement for several years. Yep. So, this say. This match was awesome. Such great spot, high spots, good little stories. They didn't even, they didn't just brawl and do stupid stuff. Everything seemed to make sense and told a story. I was scared for Daniel Bryan... Because he's coming back from a neck injury that put him in a ladder match. I was scared that he was going to take a big bump off the top of the ladder. Luckily, he didn't really do that. No. But... Uh, the only other thing I got to say I didn't write down, I was kind of bummed. You know, they had this thing with, with R-Truth and Fear of Heights, and they didn't really play on it at all. At least not, nothing silly or... You know what I mean? Well, yes, that's because R-Truth is only as scared of heights until it is inconvenient for him to be scared of heights. And you can do that with the R-Truth character because he makes no sense. Fair. All right, a new sponsor is WWE Tap Out. They're still a sponsor today. So. Yeah, so you can get some weird-looking gym clothes. There you go. Randy Orton was once the future of the WWE, but now there's a new future of the WWE. Seth Rollins. Seth and Randy are both yes. Seth and Randy are both part of the authority. J and J security beat down Orton, and he was curb stomped into the uh, into a steel step, and he was out for four months. But now he wants revenge. Orton came back and beat down Rollins after swerving him and faking to join the authority again. So that's our matchup. For the next match, Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Rollins is the Money in the Bank uh, winner. He's held the title for almost a year. Orton tries for an RKO early, but Rollins blocks it. Jay and Jane security are on the outside. Seth Rollins in the corner as well. A 10 punch in the corner. And... Uh, JJ Security get in, and Joey Murphy tries to get on Orton. He goes to the floor, but he just gives both of them draping DDTs. 
uh, from the floor to the apron to the ring apron. Mm. I was like, God damn. Um, Orton goes for another draping DDT, but Rollins hits a kick to the head to block it. He follows up with a middle rope moonsault uh, to the floor, a la Shawn Michaels. Rollins climbs to the top rope, but Orton is able to stop him. And he knocks Rollins down into the top turnbuckle. Orton sets up a superplex, but they fight. And Seth goes to counter into a sunset flip, but Ra- Randy Orton just backdrops him off. Orton then hits a flying crossbody block for a two, which is rare because... Well, that used to be his uh, finishing maneuver. The oh, that's right. Block. You're right. Back in 2002. I completely forgot. Back when Randy that. could fly. Yes. Another, now, his, well, now his shoulders and his knees don't work as well. No, <laughs> not at like, all. Now he's just like, fuck this. A draping DDT by Orton and doesn't go for the cover. He just walks around in the ring, showboats to the crowd, which is super, super uh, behind Orton at this point. Orton goes for an RKO, but it's blocked into a victory roll for a two. Then a super kick, but then Orton hits an RKO out of nowhere for a two count. Orton then sets up for a punt, but Noble jumps in and stops Orton. Both Noble and Mercury are given RKOs. This gives Rollins an opportunity to hit a curb stomp, but Orton kicks out at two. Jerry Lawler says that the only reason Orton was able to kick out is because it's WrestleMania. If it wasn't WrestleMania, he wouldn't have kicked out. Thanks, Orton. Jerry. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for ruining the illusion. Orton then hits an RKO by Rollins by running up the back. He springs off the shoulders of Orton and then gets turned into an RKO. Probably the best looking RKO next to the Matt Bourne 451. Yeah. Probably. So there was a spot in a match with Randy Orton and and uh, Matt Bourne where he did a 450 and then... It's Evan Bourne. Matt Bourne is doing Oh, shit, you're right. I don't know why I wrote Matt Bourne. Um, anywho, Evan Bourne. And he did a 450 and then out of nowhere, Randy Orton hit a freaking RKO. And it was amazing. But this is probably the best one. Because all of a sudden, you just see fucking... Like... Seth Rollins just runs at him, and then, like, you see him just jump off his shoulder, and he's just huge height, and then he comes down in an RKO. It looked amazing. Yeah, it was like he was trying to go for a stomp, and then Orton just kind of threw him up with his his shoulder and then hit an RKO. It was awesome. All right, so, like, there's nothing wrong with this match. It's a typical Randy Orton match, which means it's pretty good. Yeah. My, My issue here... Is that, um, yes, Randy Orton needed something to do for WrestleMania, but just at the Royal Rumble, uh, Seth Rollins was having, like, these barn burner matches with John Cena and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> um, so it seems like a step down for Rollins, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I said, maybe Randy is just getting older, but all his matches are slow and stuff, just like Triple H's. And I felt the speed that Rollins could have had was gone. There was just a lot of walking around and stuff. It felt like a match by the numbers and not something special. Or a feud. It didn't feel like these two wanted to one-up each other. It was just another match. The RKO ending was awesome, though. There's no denying that. Right. No, it's just like, this is around the same time that Randy Orton really got a bug up his butt about 
like doing the basics within a match and making sure the match makes sense. Like with, I think it, maybe it was this year that the Osprey um, Ricochet New Japan match was a thing, and then they were just like doing the whole like hashtag dive or whatever. Or was maybe that was the next year. But like right around this time, Randy Orton started to do these really slow plotting matches, and he's still doing them today. I mean, it extended his career, which is fine, mm -hmm. but like the thing about Randy Orton, at least like when he was like super, super hot, which was like, I don't know, 2009, 2010, uh, at least as a heel, was that he was this really dynamic wrestler, and five years later, he's this kind of slow plotting wrestler I don't know I hear you Ronda Rousey is shown in the crowd having a great time and, and her shirt and says her shirt, over 9,000 9, Dragon Ball Z tank top I remember Vegeta. I remember Funimation playing, like tweeting out yeah you get it for your Dragon Ball Z from us next up is Sting versus Triple H Sting oh, is a God. very, I know, Sting <laughs> is the very last remaining WCW who never came to WWE, but now it's WCW versus WWE all over again. Except, except, Sting said in a promo on Raw, he goes, I'm not here to fight for WCW. That would be redundant at this point, and they still made it WCW versus WWE. Yep. Thing was just like, I don't want anything, I don't want any part of this. I will fight your Triple H. Whatever. But I, I don't, I don't want this to be a WCW, <laughs> um, WWE thing, and Vince is like, you know what we're gonna do? WCW versus WWE thing. And it's like, oh, no. Triple H has been on top for 20 years now. He's the authority. And there is nobody that can stop the authority. But then Sting appears. It's baseball bat versus sledgehammer. It's I, the vigilante versus the cerebral assassin. Yep. I remember this story build. Uh, up, Where nothing uh, happened? Yes, I remember this story build. It sucked so hard. It turned into Stephanie McMahon dressing down Sting like she does to everybody. And it turned into this very last stand WCW versus WWE. And it was stupid as fuck. I right. fucking hate Stephanie. I, I'm pretty sure she's a, no a nice person in real life. I'm not slagging her as a human. But I fucking hate her character. I hate... How she runs everybody down and, ma and ma emasculates every fucking guy and just, uh, it's the same and shit. Un right, and unlike her dad, she, she can't get her comeuppance. Right. Or rarely does. What, yeah, it, one, one time a year, usually at WrestleMania, and it's usually like somebody bumps into her and then she makes Triple H lose a match. Like, I remember <laughs> watching... I remember watching the Attitude Era. Uh, even just like a couple years ago, I was rewatching the Attitude Era Raws and stuff. And man, freaking Vince McMahon would get his shit kicked all the time. He'd be or plotting, Shane. scheming, or that too. They'd be plotting, scheming, and it would backfire on them, and they'd be like, ah, oh, man! And then they get stunners. Or Linda would come out and robotically say, 
Stone Cold is now the CEO. And Shane's budget became the beer budget. One of the best segments I've ever loved. And then she rises from her chair and kicks Vince in the balls. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Wheat Zombie Linda. We reviewed this. WrestleMania 17. <laughs> yes. My wife, she's in the chair. Uh, yeah, I just... It was funny. I actually went... I remember this vividly because me and my wife went to Atlanta for the weekend. And we were there to watch... We, we watched Raw one night. And... Because we were there for like, I don't know, it was like a four or five day week week trip. Just to hang around Atlanta and do things. And just remember watching... Eating pizza from some place in Atlanta. It was really good pizza. And watching this stupid promo about how... Sting's the last vestige, you know, the one wrestler to never show up, and blah blah blah. I, I don't know why. Maybe there was a reason for that, Vince. Maybe, yeah, no maybe shit. Sting didn't want to be part of this. But yeah. Yeah. So Sting versus Triple H. Sting gets drummers and a gong, and all the people that are painted up in Sting makeup. Yeah, no, I don't I don't get this because like Sting is not Japanese. Why does no, he No, he's got a fucking drum? taiko drum. That's exactly what I wrote. I said I didn't know Sting was into taiko drums and such. It was weird. And it I also was said weird. his his entrance would have been so much better at night, dark. not five PM West Coast time in the bright sun. Right, because his color scheme is white and black, and they were like blaring these big white lights, which you can't hardly see because it's so bright out. <laughs> Fucking daytime. <laughs> the drummers and play Sting's music as he comes out. Also, we have to say that uh, Sting's WWE theme, god awful. I agree. You should have came out to fucking like seeking to like, destroy by the- Metallica. Well, yeah, Seeker Destroyed by Metallica, which is his very famous, like, WCW theme, but, like, even his TNA theme was, like, this, like, rock and roll, like, heavy metal lick that's just, like, super great. Or even, like, now his uh, his uh, AEW theme is great, too. <laughs> Michael Cole says that this is what 70,000 fans are. Like Sting. Like WCW didn't sell out any large venues, such as the Atlanta Dome. Right, no. WCW never drew 60,000 people. <laughs> or, I, or, I, you know, or, or should I say, WCW doesn't hold the record for having the world's largest draw ever of 144,000 people. Yeah. I mean, granted, this was North, North Korea. I mean, granted, granted, it was North Korea. <laughs> I don't think it should count that much, but <laughs> but technically it's true. Yes. Well, I, I, I actually went back a couple months ago and re-listened to the... I've listened to the, to the death of WCW probably four or five times. And mm-hmm. I still find it fascinating. But I found it funny. The night they sold out the, uh, the, the, the Atlanta Superdome, they underreported the number of fans in the in the building. Yeah, because WCW was a shitty company. Yes, <laughs> but, I thought that was funny. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, uh, so, JBL and talk shit about Starcade. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, JBL was definitely out of Starcade. We then get a video of which was clearly stolen from Kenny Omega, and 
And the sponsor of WrestleMania, Terminator Genesis. Uh, yeah. That a really shitty Terminator movie. Yes. It didn't even hit theaters until that July. This is March. But this was a video game tie-in because Arnold was in the video game this year. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I had this. I don't even remember that. Um, Terminators are on stage, and it comes out ahead. Terminator is Triple H and headgear and shoulder pads. Uh, holding a whole bunch of Terminator skulls, which yes. if he's a Terminator, why is he holding all through the headed balls of all these other Terminators? No kidding. That doesn't uh, make any sense. Again, probably a little cooler at night, but in the daytime sun, it didn't have the full effect. We then get no because you could, because you could see that it was made out of PVC pipe and it looked really cheap. Like they just had <laughs> like spray painted it silver, and they're like, "All right, I guess that's good, good enough." enough. It's not like we have HD cameras or anything. And it's like, well, yeah, no. Yeah, you do. We're thinking Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, Judgment Day. It's a Judgment Day. <laughs> it's time to play the game. We then cut back to Triple H, who has the heads of Terminators in his hands, and the only way to win is pinfall or submission. Ah. Um, so you can use your sledgehammers and your bats. Yep. Uh, Charles Robertson is the ref. The crowd is hot as hell for this match. The bell rings. Little H. Little H. He the bell rings. And he just stares at each other for a while. Sings the shoulder tackles Triple H and then woos the crowd. Triple H gets to the headlock and a shoulder tackle of his own. Sting hits a drop kick and a loud "You still got it" chat breaks out. Well, it should also be noted that at this point. One of the one of the most shocking things was that Sting was not wearing a T-shirt. Ah, um, yes, because he had just come from TNA, and the last several matches that he had, he had been wearing T-shirts there. So nobody knew what kind of shape Sting was in. Yeah. So, uh, Chet breaks out. Of course, he does. He wasn't TNA forever, so, you know, but these fans, WWE told us that he just, you know, WCW closed and he just never wrestled again. Yes, he, he has been gone for 20 years or however long it had been, 14. Yes. Sting no sells a face buster and he tries a scorpion lock, but Triple H gets out of the ring. Triple H gets thrown outside and Triple H is against the barricade and Sting goes for a stinger splash, but Triple H moves. And Sting's thrown into the steel steps. A huge spine buster by Triple H, but he only gets a two count. As the announcers keep talking shit about WCW for being the D-Leagues. According to JBL, uh, they then argue about why he didn't come to WWF back in 2001. It was weird. It was like JBL was supposed to be the heel, and Michael Cole was the face. Well... Because in real life, Michael Cole is the face and JBL is the heel. Yes. I mean, but yeah. Triple H comes off the top rope, but Sting hits Triple H in the Scorpion Deathlock. But uh, then all of a sudden the DX music hits. And the New Age Outlaws and Xbox comes out to interfere. Triple H tries for a pedigree, but Triple H is uh, backdropped to the outside. Then hits a splash from the top rope. Uh, onto all the DX and uh, to all of DX, JBL says that the Monday Night Wars have come to life, and the crowd is chanting, "This is awesome." Uh, 
Okay. And, and then. Gun. Not, oh, not yet. Oh. I'm getting okay. there. I'm getting there. Okay. okay. Billy Gunn interferes again. Triple H hits the pedigree, but again, he only gets a two count. The crowd is chanting, let's go, Sting. As Triple H goes under the ring, he grabs a sledgehammer. As JBL yells about how Sting and his company tried to take away their jobs. Again, the fuck? Uh, the NWO's music hits. Hogan, Which makes Hall and Nash, no sense. No, it doesn't. When these guys are either on the same team or they, 99% of the time, fought against each other. So, like, the only person who makes sense to come out here to help Sting is Kevin Nash. Yes. Because they were in the Wolf Pack. Yes. However, however, Scott Hall and Hulk Hogan definitely should not have been here. What they should have done is they should have gotten Kevin Nash and Conan and... Who else was in the Wolf Pack? Lex Luger or Macho? Oh, yeah. Macho, well, Lex, Macho, Lex Luger, Conan. Even Rey Mysterio wasn't in it at one time. Well, yeah, they could have gotten Rey or... Um, that's going too deep, though. Only, you know, that's asking for, like, oh, for people who actually watch WCW. You know. But it doesn't make any sense for the NWO to come out to help Sting because Sting... The whole point of his character was that he was the anti-NWO. I know. It's it, it's essentially just they were just like, well, uh, who are the NW who are WCW people that people know? Oh, it was the NWO. Well, let's just bring those guys out. And it's pretty much. Like, it's, it's it's so stupid. Uh, pretty much. It. So they post the top of the ramp. They take their sweet time getting to ringside. Meanwhile, Triple H and Sting just hang out in the ring. As now it's DX. Uh, D- uh, NWO and DX fight on the ringside. Hogan crotch chops Triple H, and Sting hits a death, uh, death drop, but Triple H kicks out. Sting then goes for a scorpion death lock, uh, in the center of the ring. Uh, slowly Triple H crawls towards the sledgehammer that's in the corner, but Hogan pulls the sledgehammer out of the ring, and he throws it to the group. X-Pac then runs Hogan into the ring post. And then X-Pac is attacked by Nash and Road Dog, uh, which is weird. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's attacked by Nash, which is weird in itself because of the NWO and all this click thing. Road Dog then attacks Scott Hall, who takes a back body drop on the floor, which was surprising. Yeah, especially because, like, Scott Hall was, like, in no shape to be doing that at this point. No. Triple H is still in the deathlock. And eventually gets to the ropes, but triple but Sting sli- uh, slides Triple H back into the center of the ring. Shawn Michaels then comes out of nowhere, super kicks Sting to a chorus of boos. Shawn is dressed in jeans and a DX T-shirt and a pair of cowboy boots with his legs tucked into the boots. You mad lad, Shawn Michaels. Well, no, he doesn't want anybody to see how bad his hair is, so he also has he also has that baseball hat on. Yes. Triple H puts over one arm of Sting. Puts over one arm of Sting, but he barely kicks out at two. Billy Gunn gives Triple H the sledgehammer. Stocks Sting to the other side of the ring. Scott Hall gives Sting his baseball bat. And JBL's... Damn you, Razor! (laughs) Triple H is hit in the midsection with the bat. And he breaks the sledgehammer. Right in half. Right in half. Uh... Sting then rains down and punches on Triple H in the corner and back uh, to one-on-one now. 
The crowd is going nuts as Sting hits the Stinger Splash, and then a second one is called for. But Triple H has the head of the sledgehammer. He hits Sting in it as with it as he runs him uh, as he runs towards Triple H for a second splash. And he gets the pinfall at 1839. Uh, this match is okay, so like this match isn't bad, however the book it's way overbooked. Oh, well, of course. I mean it's And and the thing is, the way that Triple H and Sting were going, they didn't need all of this. They could have had, you know, it wouldn't have been a classic match, but it would have been a good match with just the two of them. I do have to say that at some point in this match, um, Triple H gets this humongous bruise on the side of his leg, and um, and he's still bumping like on it all the whole match, which was pretty impressive. I don't know where he got that bruise from, but it was pretty nasty. Like it was, it covered like half of his upper leg area huh i said this match started off slow but it was a good story with each man getting about the same amount of offense before dx and nwo showed up for once we got a decent triple h match at wrestlemania since the undertaker matches so dx celebrate triple h and the nwo check on staying eventually both teams are staring at each other Triple H extends his hand out to Sting, and Sting slowly accepts it. So. Also, Sting's hair looks like a bird's nest at this point. <laughs> Marina Menounos is in the back. She introduces Daniel Bryan as the new IC champion. Pat Patterson then comes out and congratulates Daniel Bryan. Then out comes Rowdy Piper. Uh, gives him a big kiss on the top of the forehead. Uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat comes out and compares his match with Macho Man. Ric Flair then comes out and congratulates him. Flair woos a million times. And now comes Bret Hart and starts a yes chant. Oh, I was going to say that we missed, uh, you missed Ric Flair giving a chop to Steamboat. I did, yes, I did not write that down. Uh, then, uh, everyone starts chanting yes. Farouk then comes out and yells damn. And then another yes chat breaks out. My only note to this was, it was sad to see how many people in this segment have passed away. Yeah. It, it, it had. Um, I, I will note uh, that we did miss that there was a commercial for the WWE Network, in, in my version, uh, where they were, they were talking about, like, Camp WWE. Do you remember the show, which was essentially... Yes, it was uh, it was a big deal because they're like, ah, oh, the creators of Robot Chicken! Right. It, it was, which is, you know, it's just Seth Green Yes, wrote a show for WWE and then... Uh, I, I mean, swore. I checked it out and it was like, eh... It, it, was a little, it, it was a little too on the nose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was some, there were some things that were kind of funny. There was also things that, like, didn't make any sense. Um, because... Triple H and Stephanie were like the counselors and they were in charge of the undertaker who in terms of WWE lore is much older, even like in kayfabe because he's been around longer than Triple H and Stephanie. So like that doesn't make any sense. Um, but they also were talking about uh, swerved, which is from uh, the producers of Jackass. And then Jerry Springer had a show yes. on the WWE network too. 
He did. Oh. Too hot for TV. I, I suppose so. Hey, remember all that stuff we did in 1998, 1999, and 97? Yeah, you're going to watch that. You're going to see Mae Young's hand. Definitely. Skylar Gray and Travis Barker play the WrestleMania theme song, Rise, live. Then Kid Ink sings Money is the Power. I watched a pay-per-view version of this show, and there was a Mountain Dew Kickstart commercial. I didn't realize how long that thing's been around. Yes, and then also... Like, I think it's interesting that they, the, the WWE is now able to get people like Kid Ink, Skylar Gray... Like, these people had fairly big hits, like, around this time, and they were performing at WrestleMania. Usually, like, when we've done these shows, like, WrestleMania 17 comes to mind, uh, or X7, where that whole show is, like, that's the Limp Biscuit one, but they couldn't get Limp Biscuit to show up because they wanted too much money. So they had to come at WrestleMania 19. Yes, and so play Crack Addict. Yes, and then Roland for the Undertaker. Yes, because that which wasn't even Undertaker's theme at the time. Nope. Anyway, um, I think honestly, a it's a payday, but b I think a lot of young these are younger performers, and they I wonder if they were like, oh man, wrestling, oh man, WrestleMania, cool. I like, mean, maybe I'm I mean, not thinking Skyler... they're I'm not thinking they're like wrestling fans, but just one of those like, hey, you're going to fucking Levi Stadium. It's going to be sold out in front of you know. 60,000 people. That seems pretty I cool. Mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. I'm, I'm sure that's probably what it was. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, like, around this time, Skylar Gray was on a song with Eminem and Dr. Dre. So, like... Yeah, I don't know. Payday. Yeah. yeah. Last year was the Diet Mountain Dew. This year was the full uncut Mountain Dew. All three bottles were showing the label, and they were unopened. I double-checked. I even paused it. And was like, hmm, did, did did Jerry Lawler drink his yet? No. They were full bottles, untouched, uncut. Maybe. I, I've been told that Lawler drinks the Mountain Dew. So maybe they just have a lot of it and he's just yeah, chugging it. Yeah, maybe they put, you know, when they cut to him, they're like, oh, shit, shit, put, put, put back the fucking stunt to you. Ah, so I checked, man. I was like, oh boy. Maybe Jerry Lawler's like drank half of his. Nope. Divas tag team. Paige and AJ Lee versus the Bella Twins. Uh, the announcers are calling everyone on each team hot. And it's just disgusting. Yeah, they're cute, but come on. I don't need to be told that. I have eyes. Let me make my also, own decision. Yes, also... These are athletes, that too. and we're supposed to and we're supposed to treat them as athletes, just like we treat the male wrestlers as athletes. Yeah, you don't hear this like a... women commentators getting on like, "Oh man, Edge, oh, Edge is so hot! I want to motorboat those th- abs." I mean, like, yeah, like if I were doing commentary, it would be like, "Oh yes, Darby Allen, yes." Let me let me lick those abs, but like that's not what happens. That's why I'm not a commentator. I'm, so, I'm like, worried for you, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Darby Allen probably would kick my ass. I mean, to be fair, to be fair 
Uh, I watched the AEW pay-per-view the other night, and I was like, man, I should get a haircut like Sammy Garvara. And my wife was like, really? I'm like, well, it looks good on him, but I'm like, I have a fat head, so it probably won't look very good on me. And she agreed. Uh, shaved sides yeah. with a fat head is, no. is a hard thing to pull off. Yes. If you get rid of all of your hair, then that's one thing. But if you leave some of it... I've got it trimmed, and then I got my part, the middle part longer so I can slick it back. But I've got... Uh, but it's not, like, short like Sammy's. It's just yeah. less. It's just less on the sides. Mm. This is the very end of Paige's rookie year as she debuted the night after WrestleMania 30. And she won the woman's title immediately. It was weird. Yes. And she was the NXT champion at the time. Yes, and the less said about that, the better. What uh, was the NXT title? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> you just remembered. <laughs> well. You know, young and dumb. And private video photos. Damn Brad Maddox. And Xavier Woods. Yes. Anywho. But... Yes. That's her. Anyway, that's her. That's her. That's her. She, and she's an adult. And 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 and, and no shame. No, who are Honestly. we to judge? Nikki is the current Divas champion, and she starts off with Paige. Okay, so there. Is, oh, go ahead. There, there is one sign that they show prominently that somebody brought to this show, which is disgusting. But I wrote a note that. There's a sign in the crowd that says, Nikki, I'll give you babies. <laughs> well, John Cena sure didn't. Well. We'll get to no, that he, in a future yeah, we'll episode. Get in in uh, four episodes? Something like that. It's not too far. Yeah. Uh, an Alabama slam by Paige by Nikki Early. AJ is knocked on the floor and she's unable to tag out to the... So the Bellas just keep knocking her off the apron over and over again. This is kind of stupid. She just, she just, lays, she just there. lays there. Yeah. Well, not that I blame AJ, but this is like, I think her last appearance for the company. She just like pieces out. Fuck this shit. Quick tags by the Bellas. Beats down Paige and several pin attempts, but they're all twos. Uh, a rock-esque spinebuster by Nikki. Uh, and she hits the rack attack, but Paige kicks out of her signature move. This is, we should say this is the first version of the rack attack, which oh. is uh, essentially um, Abyss did a move similar to this in TNA where he puts you in, you, you get put in the Argentine backbreaker like your Lex Luger, but instead of like pumping and making them tap out, you fall on your butt, and then you uh, do a backbreaker drop, as, as it's called. Nikki ended up uh, having to retire this move yeah. because it, like, literally Fucked her broke neck her up. neck. Yes. Yeah. Paige is slammed in the corner and hits Bree with her elbow, and then hits a flying somersault dive to both girls on the outside. AJ is finally back on the apron after a while and gets a hot tag. She runs wild with clotheslines. And Thez presses and hits a flying crossbody block. But Nikki rolls through and picks her up. But Paige hits a running drop kick and it only gets a two. AJ applies a Black Widow, 
but it's quickly broken up by page. Up by page. Uh, oh, sorry. Up, it's quickly broken up. Page then throws Brie into the ring steps. And again, AJ gets the Black Widow in the middle of the ring. Nikki taps out at 6 minutes and 49 seconds. An okay match. All the women tried hard, but the Bella's limited skill set was very noticeable. And Nikki was actually getting a lot better at this point. Brie's always been the weaker of the two in terms of in-ring work. Um, but it's just like, as you, as you were saying, this match was never a... Um, seen as something to be watched because the commentators were just talking about oogling them and it was gross. It was. It took a supercomputer to bring the tail of the tape for Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. But the match will happen later. But we get a recap of the Hall of Fame introduction. My favorite was the Bushwhackers and Larry Zabisco. Although I was sad he forgot his speech that night. And he just kept rambling well, on about how he snuck into into uh, uh, Bruno's, Bruno's, Bruno's yard. Yes. And just yeah, kept... Larry Zabisco's wrestling like, origin story is just like, yeah, I stalked Bruno San Martino and kept stalking him until he taught me how to wrestle. Isn't and, that cool, guys? And then, then he kept repeating it over again. We're like, And then he's like, sorry, guys, I forgot my speech. Sorry, guys. Oh, yeah, I broke into Bruno's uh, backyard. Sorry, guys, I forgot my speech. It's like, fuck, I was looking forward to your your, your tales there, Larry. And, like, Larry Zabisco is, like, this legendary heel. He couldn't talk a little bit about, you know... And a great commentator! I don't know if he was a great commentator. I liked him. (laughs) He was the brain, damn it. No, that was Bobby. Damn it, you're right. Who who am I thinking? What did they call... uh, Larry was something. He always had the match statistics and and all that. He just named shit off the top of his head. Oh, I don't know. But like anyway, anyway, he always had to be right. That's that's yes. the only thing I knew about Larry. He always had to be right. So being inducted in the Hall of Fame this year, the Bushwhackers, Rikishi, Larry Zabisco, Alundra Bryce, and it was weird. She brought a trash can out and undumped the title. It was I think weird. Vince was like. You need to do that tell as many knows times. Everybody. Yes, you need to do that as many times as possible, or else you're not going to get in. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Uh, Connor the Crusher, he got the Warrior Award. Uh, Tatsumi Fujinami, which was weird because it's WWE and he didn't do jack shit. I I think he he did, but it was like. I mean, yes, he's most known in the United States, I think, for his match with Flair in the in the early 90s. But I think if we look back at the time when WWE had a working relationship with New Japan, because Tatsumi Fujinami was essentially New Japan's number two in the early years, he probably did quite a bit in, like, MSG days for WWE. Probably. Macho Man Randy Savage, Kevin Nash, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So As this, yeah. it was weird when when Nash came out. He came out to NWO music, but he did his Diesel gimmick. It was weird. Anyway, yeah. Well, yeah, it, it is weird because like, and we just Kevin um, Na- you know, beat up DX and. Well, yeah, he had to change into a suit. But they've always like done 
weird things with like the click because it's like oh is it kevin nash being inducted or is it diesel and then like when scott hall is inducted it was razor ramon who got inducted it wasn't scott hall yeah u.s championship slash flag match question mark i wrote i wasn't I this sure. was a, it I wasn't this was a, fl- a no, flag match but there was lots of they flags. did do a flag they did do a flag match at one point in this feud. I do remember that. John Cena versus Rusev the champion. Rusev's Rusev. undefeated. And at Fastlane, he hit a low blow on John Cena. And Rusev hates America. So it's Russia versus the United States. Our savior, John Cena, is going to defend the great name of the United States. But Rusev won't give him a match. So John Cena got mad. And he wouldn't release the STF until Lana gave in and gave him the match at WrestleMania. And now Rusev's like, fuck you, bitch. You should have just let me be in that STF forever. And he's angry at her. The yeah, Russian he kept on going, Lana! <laughs> yes. The Russian anthem right, so... plays and a color guard... Oh, what's up? Well, I was just going to say, this... This WrestleMania is all about time travel because earlier we went back to the 90s and now we're going back to Cold the Wars. 80s. Yes. Yes. The Russian anthem plays and there's a color guard. Isn't that what those guys are called? The color guard? They take care of the flag? I think so. Probably. Uh, they come out holding the Russian flag with Lana leading the way with the U.S. title in hand. The stage is adorned with guns and they fire... And then out comes Rusev riding a tank, which Lana would later claim that they had sex in. Uh, she claimed this after both of them were fired from the company. Uh, I have to say that, that I'm um, Miro, as he's now known, Rusev. Yes. I'm really loving his character in AEW because essentially he's just like, I'm going to kill you and then have sex with my wife. Yes, but, but my, that's hot, it, that's my it. hot wife. That, 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 that's, that's just his gimmick now. I agree. I love it. I love the fact that they let him talk. I was actually <laughs> kind of surprised. I thought... Uh, I thought that uh, Lana did all the talking, and I was actually kind of surprised watching the promo and stuff, like how much they gave Bruce of the mic. Mm. Yeah. Rusev is holding the Russian flag. He has a Russian star medal around his neck. I fucking love Rusev's theme. Yes. During Rusev's... Rusev Mushka, Rusev Machka, or whatever they say. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. During Rusev's entrance, Michael Cole asks if Rusev will still be champion at the next pay-per-view, but the graphics fail to load as they pan around emotionless, uncheering people in the upper deck. I laughed. They were clearly going to a, uh, you know, whatever the next pay-per-view is. And the graphics machine broke. But that's also the fact that, like, even Michael Cole was like, well, I will just shut my mouth. The crowd starts buzzing, and a loud USA chant breaks out. We then cut to a video about how great America is, and all its achievements in American history. Interspliced with presidents who went to war or inherited a war and how we defeat our enemy or things of that nature. 
They even if I had, remember correctly. They even had Facebook. They had a young Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, if I remember correctly, all of the uh, presidents that were shown were uh, Republican presidents. I don't think they showed Barack um, Obama or Clinton. No, no, no. They did, they did show Obama. Oh, okay. Clinton didn't have a war, so there was nothing to show. No, but... but they, they showed... Vince, oh, yeah. Vince famously hates Bill Clinton. <laughs> really? Yes. Huh. I mean, not without, like... I Well, probably for him without warrant, but, like... Bill Clinton's not like a great person. He's a rapist. Like, all right, but like, um, like during the '90s, there was a lot of things where like he brought like Rebecca Flowers in, who was this yeah. person? Yeah, no, I remember. Was... We, I remember we reviewed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So like, he just famously hates the Clinton family and does everything he can in order to like snub them. But yeah, there was like, um. Roosevelt, there was Kennedy, there was Obama, there was George H. Bush, George W. Bush, um, Reagan. Reagan was in there, yeah. Basically, any you know, any any president that had to talk about like war or defeating the enemy, and then they interspliced it with like the moon landing and this and that, and then there's like, oh, and Facebook. That did not age well. No. No, it did not. We then, uh, come, John Cena comes out to a John Cena sucks chant because, you know, Savior of America still needs a sucks chant. As John, as John Cena is being introduced, Rusev yells that he is a champion and he deserves to be introduced first. So he is. After a million years, the bell rings. And who, who is the announcer? Because it's very important. Uh, it was JoJo. or uh, No, it's Brandy Rhodes. It is Brandy Yeah, it was Brandy Rhodes. Eden, as she was called here. Yes, Eden Styles or something. Something like, like that. After a million years, the bell rings and Cena quickly uh, clotheslines Rusev, but gets a two count. Rusev quickly takes over and beats down John Cena. An overhead belly-to-belly suplex on Cena... By Rusev, makes it look easy. Cena hands the Russian flag, or sorry, Lana hands the Russian flag to Rusev, and he waves it around, and the crowd boos loudly. Cena then kicks Rusev in the head, and he drops the flag, and Lana screams, "You dropped it!" I believe the WWE had to apologize for letting the flag drop, or I think I'm getting it mixed up. They had another segment where they had like this big like Rusev segment and they had a big Russian flag come down from the ceiling and I think like John Cena came and ripped it down I think the big show actually did that I think you're right and then the WWE had to like apologize for like yeah, disrespecting they had to apolo- their flag they had to apologize to the Russian government the Russian government probably didn't even know or care <clears throat> Cena hits a five knuckle shuffle the crowd showers Cena with booze Rusev quickly takes over, getting another two count. Rusev tries for a matcha kick, but uh, Cena ducks and catches. Uh, but then he catches Cena with a swinging slam. Do you know what the name of that was? No. The Whirly Slam? Uh, the Whirly? I don't know. I was just curious. I don't know what to call it. Oh, uh, that Rusev does? Yeah, he like whips their body around and then slams them. 
Oh, it's it's some sort of it's 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 some sort of like um, suplex variant that he does. Gotcha. I think okay. it, I, I think I think in the games it's called like the bullplex or something like that. Ah, okay. Cena blocks a superplex, knocks Rusev off the middle rope, and this allows John Cena to hit a top rope leg drop to the back of Rusev. A big "Let's Go Lana" chant breaks out uh, as a big kick takes down Cena. When Rusev tries for the accolade, Cena rolls out of the way as he's trying to stop the spine. Cena tries for an STF, uh, but then a shoe comes flying into the ring. At first, I was like, "What the fuck? Who threw something?" And then it Lana. turns out it was Lana. I also um, at there was a point slightly earlier before the shoe got thrown in where. Um, Cena hits like a DDT to Rusev, and then Rusev gets up and yells, "You can't beat me, John Cena!" <laughs> <laughs> Cena's caught in the midair after after this in a fallaway slam. Mm. Rusev climbs to the top rope, which is a first, and he hits a flying headbutt for a two count. For the first time, John Cena hits a springboard stunner for a two count, which amazes Michael Cole and Jerry the Lawler. They were amazed, awful. and he uh. He kept using the it. Move, yeah, the move always looks like shit. Rusev then counters the AA attempt, tries for another swinging slam, but Cena rolls up for a quick two. Uh, Rusev hits another kick to the face. Uh, he then hits a face slam. He applies the accolade, to which no one has ever broken. Super Cena then gets to his knees underneath him. He starts to climb to his feet. He's able to break the hold by running Rusev into the corner. Cena applies the STF after Rusev ran at him, but the STF applied is looks like garbage, and Rusev almost to the bottom rope, but Cena pulls him back. Lana climbs on the apron, and Lana then is knocked off the apron. Cena then hits the trip of the AA, and then wins the U.S. Championship at 14:32. So. Lol, Cena wins. This is... At first, when this happened, I was not happy. Because, again, uh, John Cena, the second year in a row, defeated an up-and-coming star. I, you you would think that Rusev probably deserved the win, especially because they could definitely do something with him. But, um, no. Uh, this turns out to not be bad too at bad all. of a thing. Because John Cena goes and has like the best run of of his career. He has the US title. weekly U.S. title matches, and, and people, they're all good. They're all good, and people like Kevin Owens shows up, the NXT champion, to uh to to get a title shot, and uh, who was it? Who was it? Sam, I think it was Sami Zayn. Came out at one point, and he broke his arm. He he, uh, he popped his shoulder out of the socket That's and still did the match. Yeah, and it was in it was in Canada when it happened, and he was being introduced by Bret Hart. Like it was a big deal, and then he gets hurt. Give me that beaver tail. I'll, I'll make it through the match. You ever had a beaver tail? No. It's basically think of a um. What do you call things of this? A funnel cake? Think of a funnel cake. Okay. With like powdered sugar or like bananas and strawberries, 
and uh, like whipped cream on top, or like they'll have like Nutella drizzled with like like it's 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 good, man. Beaver tails are sounds, good. Sounds gross. No, I don't like sweets. I know you don't. Hey, it had fruit on it. <laughs> Next year's WrestleMania well, comes to AT and T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. Sorry, you were gonna say and, something. Oh, I was just going to say like uh, I don't know. Poutine, Putsin, as the as the kids called it, where I used to live, because uh, oh. I used to live right on the Canadian border, and so they would be like, "Hey, have you had Putsin? What's that? Oh, it's this mash. It's this French fries with cheese and gravy. Oh, poutine. Yeah, uh, like yeah, no, it's they call it Putsin, and I'm like, okay. where's the S in that word? Yeah, no kidding." <laughs> I when I went to Toronto, I had poutine like five times. It was grubbing. When the when the hot gre when the hot gravy melted those cheese curds, ah, oh, good shit. And the cheese has to squeak. Yes, and now we can finally go back to Canada. I really want to get back up to Toronto. And, and there's lots of very good looking ladies up there. Uh, I mean. Cool. I know it doesn't, you know, float your boat, but still. <laughs> I mean, we can go to an anime convention. Anime North is up there. Uh, yeah, I'm still not going to an anime convention. <laughs> I went to one and didn't care for it. Although I would like to go to uh, um, either the one in California. Oh, Anime Expo? That's anime Expo. One. Or the one in Washington, D.C. Or Baltimore. Oh, oh Otakon. Otakon, yes. Yeah. Those are the two I would go to. Anything else can go suck a dick. But Anime North has been known to have wrestling shows at Anime North. Oh. Like during, yeah. We can see JoJo versus, we can see Dio versus the kid from Case Closed. No, like they would have like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe there. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, this was back like... When they were like working with TNA, I mean, you wouldn't get that now, but. Well, I mean, TNA is still owned by a Canadian company. True. I mean, I, I'm just saying you wouldn't get AJ Styles there or Samoa Joe. <laughs> they just show up. <laughs> <laughs> we did this 15 years ago. <laughs> we're doing it now. Doing it again. Triple H and Stephanie are standing in the ring. They announced a new attendance record at Levi Stadium at 76,976. Cool. Bullshit number. Stephanie says her friend Andre the Giant body slamming Big John Stone at WrestleMania 1. Stephanie was 8 years old at the time. Notice she doesn't mention her friend Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> no, she did. she did not. Jesus. Alleged friend. Uh, Triple H gloats about beating Sting. It's something like he could beat anybody. He could beat everybody in the stadium. And including the millions more around the world watching on the WWE Network. The Authority owns all the superstars and divas in the back. And they own all of us. And the Authority always wins. The Rock's music hits. And Michael Cole goes, oh my! Yes, it's not like The Rock lives in California. No. Which I come to find out. The Rock comes out, takes a million years to get into the ring... And then 202 million more years to start talking. After all that time, Rock is just standing there doing nothing. 
Stephanie says, Okay, yeah, we get it. You're happy to see him. Can you all be quiet now? That was the best line of the night. And I wonder if she uses that tone with her kids. Like, just like the way she said it. She's like, Okay, guys, we get it. You like him. You're happy. Well, yes. Shut up but now. <laughs> I think she great. said that because they were going over and he still had more matches to do. Yes. I just laughed my ass off, though. Just the way she said it was like, Okay, guys, we get it. You're happy to see him. Jesus Christ. Like, just placating. The Rock, the Rock claims that he is an East Bay boy and that he was born there. I found out he was born in Hayward, California. I always thought he was from Florida. No, he just... He migrated to Florida. Yes. Rock says Triple H can dress like the Terminator again. Or make a WrestleMania moment right here and right now. Rock wants to fight Triple H. They go nose to nose. Triple H says he kicked his ass most of the time and doesn't have anything to prove. Rock then says Triple H left his balls in Stanford. And this upsets Triple H. But Stephanie interjects and says there would be no Rock without the McMahons. But then there's a Shane McMahon chant that breaks out. Uh, the Rock says Stephanie wouldn't be around if it wasn't for Vince McMahon's Johnson. And Stephanie slaps The Rock. Uh, he runs down The Rock, challenges him to hit her, and tells him to get out of the ring now. The camera is in close as both, uh, and both as a Ronda chant breaks out. And it seems like this went on a bit longer than it meant to. As The Rock starts to leave the ring... He walks around the ringside as a Ronda Rousey chant breaks out again and it finally comes down showing Ronda Rousey in her Vegeta t-shirt. Ronda jumps the barricade. Rock brings her into the ring. Ronda's gonna kill you chant breaks out as everyone just stares at each other. Rock then says he'd never hit a woman and Stephanie says, well, too bad because Ronda's a friend and she's a friend and a fan. And uh, she was ringside with her match at SummerSlam. Rhonda has a mean look on her face. And Stephanie says that this is a squared circle. And she should be a nice fan and watch WrestleMania and get out of her ring. Rhonda says that any ring she steps into is hers and challenges her to make her leave. Stephanie says, get the hell out of my ring. And Rhonda gets her angry face. And The Rock says that Rhonda will pull out her fallopian tubes and jump rope with them as Michael Cole laughs. Is it me or every time Michael Cole laughs, it just sounds so forced and canned? Because it is. He doesn't... He's he's used to not feeling any emotion when uh, Vince is in anywhere ear. in his ear because if he gives off too much emotion, he might get fired. Yes. Triple H is trying not to laugh him, him, trying not to laugh himself. He then gets angrier at The Rock and then Rock and Triple H go at it. Ronda judo throws Triple H. And Stephanie gets angry and runs down Ronda and goes to slap Ronda. But Ronda catches her arm. And Stephanie screams in pain and lets go as she ducks under the bottom rope. The Rock said that she was being owned. And getting the smack laid down on their candy asses. This segment went longer than every fucking match on the card. This was like a 30 minute segment. Yep, Forever. and it's and it's not great. 
And here's the other thing. Like, uh, I'll just say this. Ronda did do pretty well here. Um, I... When Ronda Rousey initially showed up, I was a I was familiar with who she was because I had been watching some UFC. Mm-hmm. But she had appeared actually at a PWG show uh, not that long before this. Her and Shayna Baszler. Yeah, or she was there to watch Shayna Baszler or something. No, she was she was at PWG as a fan, and some of the wrestlers. I think it was um, it was Roderick Strong and Eddie Edwards. Um, saw her in the crowd and then they were having a match and so like they one of them grabbed um the other by the arms and went up to Rhonda and were like okay chop him chop him and she's like like looking like scared like I don't want to like hurt anybody or anything like that and then she gives like the weakest chop ever and then like Roderick Strong has to sell it like death that's just <laughs> the funniest thing much more likable there yes than here Bray Wyatt versus The Undertaker. Every time the WWE uses Johnny Cash, it's done very well. And the promo package shows The Undertaker's good time. uh, And then him losing to Brock Lesnar. So basically it's like showing him winning and then, oh, then he lost. Uh, Bray Wyatt wonders what's left of The Undertaker. And now he's the new Undertaker. Both entrances would be a lot more impressive if the sun was down. It's still daylight out, I wrote. Yes, and also, I have to give Bray, like, all the props in the world because he essentially had to build this match by himself because Undertaker did not appear on Raw or SmackDown or anything leading up to this. Jesus. so, so 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 the entire thing was, is Undertaker going to show up at WrestleMania? It's like, that should not be <laughs> what it should, like, it should be Bray Wyatt is going, like, Bray Wyatt is going to be the biggest challenge because he has all the powers of the Undertaker or whatever, and not, will Undertaker show up? I don't know. Well, they rehashed so the story like, with, with John Cena in a couple of years. He was so, uh, he was so defeated last year, we just don't know if he's going to show up or not. Yes. Uh, Big Boop by Undertaker as the bell rings. JBL claims that The Undertaker is his greatest opponent and hasn't been in the ring with anyone better. I would claim that it would be John Cena was your greatest opponent. There, JBL. Uh, Undertaker hits an old school on Wyatt. Or Eddie Guerrero? <laughs> or Eddie, yeah, I guess. I, first thing I think is John Cena and that crazy I quit match. Oh, yeah, I mean, he brutalized John Cena early on yes. in... in- John Cena's run, but I'm just I'm just thinking like like JBL I can't remember any matches that JBL had with The Undertaker. Like I know that they exist. Uh, especially as as especially as the JBL character. Yeah. But like uh APA Bradshaw didn't with really fight friend. The Undertaker. No, they were friends. Right. Or Certainly, Justin Hawk Bradshaw didn't <laughs> fight The Undertaker. Blackjack Bradshaw didn't fight The Undertaker. <laughs> Blackjack Bradshaw. <laughs> Skull chewing Blackjack. I don't know. 
Blackjack, Blackjack Bradshaw is probably my favorite because that mustache looks ridiculous <laughs> on him. <laughs> so Undertaker hits the old school and a you still got a chant breaks out. I hate this chant. I hate it too. Undertaker at this point has done nothing. No. <laughs> He's done like a big boot and he did his... And old school is an impressive move. But at this point in his no, career... No, it's not! Was, You're having the other person help you. It's a, it's impressive for balance. I even agree. if somebody's helping, even if somebody's helping you, you still have to balance up there. Yeah, true. I mean, he's he's no Jinsei Shinzaki who does like laps around the ring even now, <laughs> but like still. Very very slow match with just punches or kicks, and a lot of just letting the Undertaker lay around and do nothing. Undertaker gets a Hell's Gate out of nowhere. But Bray is able to fight out before more laying around. Um, Bray goes for the sister sister Abigail, but Undertaker hits a choke slam and then falls on his ass. Taker calls for the tombstone. He hits it, but only gets a two count. But Wyatt kicks out. This boring match continues. I wrote. Eventually, Taker tries for another tombstone. But it's blocked by his sister Abigail. Taker kicks out at two. Then Bray does his spider pop-up thing. And then Undertaker sits up. And Bray falls down. Scared. This sucks. Undertaker hits another tombstone after an attempted at sister Abigail. And gets the pinfall at 15.32. And everyone in the announce desk says that the old Undertaker is back. It just seemed like, while watching this match, like... Bray didn't want to do anything that would potentially hurt The Undertaker, which is fair. You shouldn't try to do anything that would hurt your opponent. So, the other thing to take note of, too, Bray, like, fucked up his ankle that morning. Yeah. That was the that, that was the other thing. He had an ankle injury, but and that definitely inhibited this match. But it also seemed like anytime Bray went on offense, it was really light. Yeah, well, that, and it just seemed like Undertaker was just laying there. Like, what the fuck? Get up. Do something. My only note for this match fucking sucked. Yeah, no, it was not great. I was pissed. I was like, Jesus Christ. And again, it's, here's my problem with Bray Wyatt in a nutshell. The promos, the buildup, everything is so fucking good. But the match is awful. WWE World Title, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. The promo package is shot like a UFC sit-down special interview. Both men both men's accolades are shown. Brock says that it's his ring, his world, and his job to hurt people. And it's his WrestleMania. The fans were super against Roman Reigns. And the crowd is once again being pushed down. The, the crowd is once again uh, angry that Roman Reigns is being pushed down our throats as fans. Well, this is really the first year that this has happened, to be fair. Because last year, Roman was cool as part of the Shield. Yeah, true. But, and yeah. And, and Reigns, and they thought, oh, great. When they heard the reaction, when... Reigns was, like, last eliminated by Batista. They were like, great, we have somebody waiting in the wings. 
And then they were like, all right, let's push. And then people were like, no, thank you. We do not want. Yep. So the fans rebelled. Both men get tons of fireworks and they get awesome helicopter shots of the fireworks being shot off around the stadium. Bowl. It was it was neat. Roman is introduced to a ton of booze. Paul Heyman does a WrestleMania-sized introduction for Brock Lesnar. The bell rings. Roman attacks, but Lesnar picks up Roman and runs him around the ring and then slams him into the corner. It was uh, quite impressive. Early suplex, and then an F5 under 30 seconds. Lesnar is already cut on the cheek underneath his eye, and the crowd is going nuts. It's all Lesnar. Roman tries knocking down Lesnar with several clotheslines and punches, and nothing. Roman is suplexed again for good measure. Lesnar yells, Suplex City, bitch! Is this the first time we heard Suplex City? I think so. Or was that during the... Because we should note that the reason Brock Lesnar is champion at this point is that during SummerSlam, Brock Lesnar squashed John Cena and gave him like 16 suplexes and won in like five minutes. I think that was the first suplex city bitch with John Cena. Lesnar just takes Roman apart. Anything Roman tries basically does nothing. While Roman is on the apron, Lesnar runs and gets caught with a knee to the face. The takedown of Lesnar. After a moment, Lesnar just throws a clothesline, sending Reigns to the floor. Back in the ring, another suplex sends Roman out of the ring again. Lesnar suplexes Roman back into the ring as the crowd yells, Eight. Uh, Lesnar hits the second F5, but Roman kicks out at two to a chorus of boos. Lesnar takes off his gloves and slams Roman, slaps uh, Roman across the face. He then starts punching him. Roman starts laughing as blood is starting to flow from his mouth. Roman hits two more suplexes for 10 and a third F5, and again, Roman kicks out. Lesnar throws Roman to the outside. He looks around. He looks at the ring post, but then Roman throws Lesnar into the ring post, and Lesnar is busted open immediately. Uh, and blood is dripping down the face of Lesnar as Roman hits a Superman punch. The crowd is booing like crazy. A second Superman punch gets Lesnar to his knees, but he gets back up, but he's wobbly. Roman misses a third Superman punch, and Reigns hits headbutts, and a third Superman punch, and then a huge spear as the crowd is booing like crazy. Lesnar gets to the corner. He gets to his feet. And he hits another spear for another two. Roman then punches the mat. And Lesnar is back to his feet. But Roman Reigns runs at Lesnar. Picks him up for an F5. In the middle of the ring. But both men are down. And out of nowhere, Seth Rollins' theme music hits. He runs down. Seth Rollins runs down to the ring. Hands the ref the money in the briefcase. Seth has held the briefcase for almost a year at this point. Seth is cashing in the money in the bank. It's now a triple threat match. Rollins gets Reigns out of the ring. He hits a curb stomp on Lesnar and then follows up with a second one. But Lesnar picks up Rollins for an F5. But Reigns hits a spear. He then hits Rollins with a stomp on Reigns. I'm sorry. Rollins hits a stomp on Reigns and pins Roman Reigns 
to become the new heavyweight champion at 1645. And everybody cheers and is happy. Everyone is happy that Roman didn't win. My favorite visual of this whole WrestleMania is Rollins running up to the ramp and he whips the fucking title belt around like a helicopter above his head. He just starts lassoing it like crazy. I, I he, laughed so hard at that. Uh, Rollins has done that with his title belts for like ever. And I thought it was, it looked the coolest when it was the NXT title because it had the X. So it kind of looked like a helicopter. Ah, well, I, um, I didn't realize that because I didn't watch NXT. But yeah, I just thought. And he did it in Ring of Honor too when ah, he was Tyler Black. Gotcha. Um, we should note uh, <laughs> that this um, title change uh, caused some uh, backstage problems. Yes, I actually have a news report about that. Roman Reigns' family furious over WrestleMania 31 event result. Yeah, well, is, is his dad Atha or Sika? Which so, one of the Wild Samoans is it? Here's is it what. Atha? Uh, Sika. So here's, oh, see. here's what Sports Cato reported. On uh, October 7th, 2021. Well, they modified it. Several uh, several members of the legendary Anawahi family were very angry at the finish of the main event at WrestleMania 31 as plans were changed. And Roman Reigns did not end up with the WWE World Heavyweight title. Reigns' father, WWE legend Sika, was said to be looking to start a war as he was so upset, the WWE source commented to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Sika, <coughs> oh God, excuse me, <coughs> quote, Sika forgot that this business is not real life and was legit pissed at the finish and looking to start a war. A lot of younger family members were rallying around Sika but the other 45 or 50 of them talked some reason. 50 fucking people? Jesus. So I'm just imagining it's like uh, Sika and like Jacob Fatu and the Usos and Roman are like going around like, where's Vince? And then like Rock is like. What the fuck does start a war mean? Like, what, what are you going to do? And then The Rock is like, guys, calm down. Oh, shit, And then right? uh, the uh, Uso's brother, who, who just got signed, is probably like 15 at the time, is like, let's fight. Yes. Another person who was around the family during WrestleMania said they were furious, mad, and disappointed, but not out of control. While the family came for Rikishi's Hall of Fame speech, they came more... To see Romans have his big WrestleMania win. But, uh, yeah. Was that the controversy? Yes, that was it. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of call bullshit. I, I could see them being upset. Like, oh, man, you were going to do that thing. But, like, what the fuck does, like, they're going to go to war? What the, what the fuck does that mean? No, no more Samoans, Vince. You can't oh, no. have anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're dead to us. Overall, what do you think of this WrestleMania? All right, so I remember this WrestleMania much more fondly than I like 
watching it back, like I was like, oh yeah, I remember WrestleMania 31 being a very good show. And I think it's just because the ending was really good. <laughs> because, yeah. like, honestly, um, apart from the icy uh, ladder match, which in hindsight does not age well, and the... Um, and I, I'll say I like the John Cena-Rusev match. For the most part, the rest of the card is lackluster in terms of what it actually produced. It was funny because I went back and listened to the uh, the night of uh, Wrestling Observer Radio. And uh, they were calling it like one of the greatest WrestleManias ever. Not on the level of WrestleMania 17, but up there. Right, which is what I remember. And I I remember, I think I listened to that Wrestling Observer radio. And I remember it being like this really great show. But now I'm, I'm like, I watched it back and I'm looking at my notes and I'm just like, I like the IC title ladder match, but because of what happened afterwards... That match does not age as well. Yeah, it's I not like uh, right. I still like the Rusev John Cena match. Mm-hmm. I still like the ending, but besides for those couple of high points, uh, Sting versus Triple H is not a great match. I think it's fine, but when you add all of this WCW versus WWE bullshit into it. It really drags it down. Mm-hmm. Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt is not great. The Divas match was not great. Um, Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins is a okay match, but it's nothing special. Like it, it felt like a Raw main event mm-hmm. instead of a WrestleMania match. And let's see, what is there anything else that I'm missing? Um, not that I can think of. And then there's like. Uh, oh yeah, and then that segment with The Rock. The Rock is, as, as far as I'm concerned, The Rock is diminishing returns. I agree. I am so sick. Every time he comes out, he just spends a trillion years. It's like, thank fuck I have the fast forward button. Because he does nothing. Because, and, but he, he the, the thing is, is he can't do anything. He got hurt in his last match, so his insurance for his actor stuff won't let him do any more wrestling matches. And The Rock clearly wants to do more wrestling matches. But they're just like, no, if you get hurt and you miss a premiere, because he missed the premiere of Pain and Gain because he tore his pectoral muscle wrestling John Cena. And so, like, he can't do anything, but he can't help himself. He has to constantly show up to remind us that he's The Rock. And it's like... Mm -hmm. You're you're a legend. You you don't need to remind us who you are. We know who you are, Dwayne. Like we're not going to forget you if you don't show up. And I think like this segment kind of epitomizes that. And I think his segment next year even epitomizes that more because it's not as long, but it's much more destructive. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, would you like to find out what these star ratings are. Yeah, let's see what the Wrestling Observer Dave Meltzer had to say. All right. I see. Or sorry, the, uh, yeah, the IC title match. 
Uh, I would say that he probably gave that four stars. Four and a quarter stars. Four and a quarter, okay. Yeah. Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins. Three and three quarter? Four stars. Seems a bit generous. Yeah, it does. Triple H versus Sting. Two and a half. You are correct. Two and a half. AJ Lee versus Paige. Or sorry, the, the, the Divas Tag Team match. A dub. Two and a half stars. Oh. John Cena versus Rusev. Three and three quarter. Three and a half. Ooh, okay. The Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt. Two and a half. Two and three quarter stars. Finally, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Four and three quarters. Four and a half. Okay. Like your three quarters. Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, they they were generous. Definitely. But uh, yeah. Um. <clears throat> so next, we've got WrestleMania 32. The largest WrestleMania in terms uh, of crowd size. I think that is the one. I have never fully watched. Let me look at the card real quick. All right, so the headline is Roman versus Triple H. Uh, no, that was the Seth Rollins one that I'm thinking of when he was like, oh, no, hold harmless claws. Yeah, yeah, no, this is uh, this is still the authority oh, okay. storyline. Yes, this is the Sean, uh, Shane McMahon uh, Hell in a Cell. Un- yes, yes, Shane McMahon yes. versus Undertaker uh, Hell in a Cell. Um this was in Texas. Yep. This was, they legitimately did like 98,000 people and they said they did over a hundred thousand and yeah. And the main event is triple H versus Roman Reigns. Oof. Great. With, with triple H being champion because he won the Royal Rumble that year. Oh, that's right. Fuck. <laughs> Okay, 33 is the Triple H versus Seth Rollins unsanctioned match. Yes, it is. All right. All righty We're getting up there. We're getting up there. We are getting up there indeed. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next time, stay safe. Take care. Uh...